Oh, Lord, you are here, and we are here. Lord, may we be here together. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, beautiful saints of God, children of God, beautiful people. That's who you are. That's who you are, right? So, happy All Saints Day. You know, I start out with all that and then I kind of go into this downward thing, right? But how often since this COVID-19 pandemic began, have you said, man, I can't wait until this is over. Like, I just, you know, six months ago, I was like, okay, two weeks, I, I can do two weeks, right? But like, here we are. I just can't wait for this to be over so that we can get back to normal. I know it's been longer than six months, but you, you, you know, I'm, I'm preaching and whatever comes out just kind of sticks. It's, you know, imagine if I was running for president, I'll just say it, and it, you know. Anyhow, I just can't wait to get back to normal. I've said it, and I've got to tell you, this past week, every single appointment, every meeting I had with people, the beginning of it, when I say, well, how are you doing, whatever, they always said, you know, I just, I am so tired. I am ready for this to be over. I think that I know at least the people that I speak to, but I suspect that most of us are just fatigued by this whole COVID-19. We're stressed, we're worn thin by this pandemic, and now we have the political jockeying that's going on and uh, leading up to Tuesday's upcoming election. And folks are um, uh, troubled. They're, they're, they're not happy, if you will. Uh, and they want the dread, the divisiveness, the rhetoric, the sense of isolation, the sense of uncertainty, and yes, the grief because we've lost a lot of things, not just those that we've loved, but we've lost a sense of normalcy in our lives. And when we lose something, there's grief. And folks just want to be normal. They want to feel that things are normal and they can get back to being happy. Well, today we celebrate All Saints Day. And what that means is that saints of God that have gone before us and all of those people that are here now and those that will come after us, we celebrate all of those who have been baptized into Christ in His body, in His life, we call the church. Those who have been buried with Christ in His death. Those who have been raised with Christ in His resurrection, and those who share in His life and have shared in His life both here and in the land of light and joy, heaven now, right? We celebrate these saints of God. And the gospel that we've heard, it's probably on a coffee mug somewhere in your house, or maybe your grandmother has it, you know, etched in on her Bible cover or whatever. We, do, we reflect on the gospel, invites us to reflect deeply on Jesus' inaugural address called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus begins with these Beatitudes, right? And here's the deal, though. If you're feeling a little worn thin, right now 
These are especially important for you because Jesus offers his disciples, his people, his listeners, it's me and you, this counterintuitive view of what normal looks like and what it looks like to be happy. And it kind of overturns our conventional understanding um, that my conventional trust in what I, my self-sufficiency, my power, my possessions, my position, my personal prestige, he overturns that. And, and he kind of leads us, that begs this question, does my vision of normal and happiness align with his? And Jesus begins his sermon with this very positive, this wonderfully positive description of those who are blessed, those who you could say are happy, the fortunate ones. Now this is the kind of language that we love. If I started my sermon today, happier those, you would pay attention to that, weren't you? Because you want to see if you're going to be one of those happy ones, right? And this is what Jesus does. Happy are those. This is the kind of language that we love. Because we all want to be happy. I built my career in the advertising business on anything that had to do with happiness in some way, shape, or form. In America, we see happiness as our divine right, don't we? I mean, we've been told this in the founders of our... The Declaration of Independence basically says, We believe that humans are endowed by their Creator with certain rights, right? Those that have life liberty and what the pursuit of happiness on it right we want to be happy well and Jesus is laying out those who are happy those who are blessed first Jesus in these beatitudes there he's not issuing a commandment or he's not giving advice on how to have a cheerful life. That's not what he's doing. He's not describing postures and perspectives that we should strive to adopt in our lives in order to earn favors from God. Not once did Jesus use the word should, ought, thou shalt, repent, be sorry. He didn't, he didn't use it in these. In Jesus' view, Happiness, what we name as happiness, or what we say is blessed, is not something that we get by pursuing it. But it's almost contrary to that. Jesus claims that we'll be happy or blessed in what appears to be the exact opposite or the antithesis to happiness. So if you find yourself not happy today, listen closely. Jesus begins, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are at the end of the rope, as Eugene Peterson says. With less of you there is more of God in His rule. Has COVID-19, has this election, has all the things that's going down in our world and your lives made you feel a little bit like you might be at the end of your rope? Jesus says, blessed are you when you're at that place. With less of you there is more of God and His rule. Blessed are those who are mourning 
Those who mourn, those who are grieving, Jesus says. Blessed. Happy. Blessed are you when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one who is most dear to you. This is how Jesus starts his sermon. Now, if you think about that, when we're at the end of ourselves, at the end of our rope, when we have loss in our lives and we're grieving and mourning, you know, this is where God meets us. I had a conversation with a, a person, let's say, this past week, not in this congregation, but outside of this congregation. And, and, and we've been friends for uh, forever. And, and he shared with me that, you know, I've had a relapse in my drinking. And he was feeling pretty low about that. Life has kind of shifted and, 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 and I, we, we think it was triggered by some unresolved grief. And you know, when we fall short of our ideals for ourselves, when we fall short of our expectations of ourselves, often we feel like we've failed God too. And we feel the shame, we feel a sense of, you know, that sense of failure. We feel like maybe God is not for us. And you know, that was what was happening with my friend. This person felt empty and had this unresolved grief. And so I shared with him this because I've been working on this sermon. I said, you know, you know, this is good, actually. Not in the sense that you relapse and that you're struggling, but what makes it good because Jesus calls this place where you are right now, he calls this place blessed. Because this is the place that God can enter in. This is where God's healing and God's restorative grace will enter into your life. See, it's when God, we're, we come to God, when we're open to God, when we're empty as a spiritual beggar, when we come to God as a spiritual beggar, you will discover then that this God is actually on your side. When you come to God, empty when you're feeling empty when you feel like a spiritual beggar hear this Jesus says it's there that God is on your side see it's not my SAT scores it's not the letters of recommendations that I get it's not my self-importance it's not my self-reliance it's not my self-sufficiency that qualify me for the kingdom as Jesus called it of for God you know what qualifies me for God my desperate need for God bless are those who are at the end of the ropes with less of you there is more of God I could call this the first step to sainthood likewise it's not hiding my brokenness it's not hiding my sin it's not grinning and bearing and toughing it up my losses and my fallenness and my brokenness in life and trying to ignore and deny my pain but Jesus says it's through grieving my loss my fallenness and my brokenness that I am comforted blessed 
are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's some beautiful, beautiful, really good news. Now, no one in here wants to feel like they're at the end of the rope. No one likes the sense of loss. But if COVID-19 has you down, if life has you down, Jesus says that God is on your side. And that's why he says we're blessed. See, happy are those who mourn for the pain of others, for bringing comfort to them, they gain comfort themselves. You know, sometimes you've probably heard this. When you're in pain and you're down, go serve somebody. You've got to serve somebody, right? And, and, and it puts us in that place. And God goes to work there. Jesus speaks of happiness that is not like the Declaration of Independence. Jesus preaches a sermon that would not get him elected president of the United States, much less mayor of some small town in Florida, right? Jesus claims that those who are desperate for God, the empty, the mournful, the merciful, those who are sin sincere and have pure intentions, those who are he called the pure in heart. Those who are willing to name the reality in their lives. Those who don't use their power for, um, for against people, but they use their power for constructive purposes. The meek, the peaceful. Those who are persecuted for loving others and wanting God's dream for all people to be fulfilled. Jesus calls them blessed, happy, full of joy. Why? Because God is on their side. And the amazing thing about the people Jesus describes in the Beatitudes is that they have these deep longings. And you know what I'm talking about as we look at the saints and the people in our lives who have shaped us. If you look around St. Michael's, all that's here, these stained glass windows, this pipe organ that cross this altar, everything that this place is, it's from the saints of God. It's the people that's gone before us. It's the people that's here now. And it's the people that come after us. And, and, and here's the beautiful thing. Is that they all have a deep longing. At some point, they wanted others to experience this gospel grace. This gospel reality. That's what we're all about. Right? And here's the deal. Jesus is saying that every one of these people have a deep longing as he describes in the Beatitudes. Why? They strive for peace. They strive for right relationships, for healing, for justice. They actually strive and want to undo the wrongs done to others and set things right for all people created in God's image. And who are the people that are created in God's image? All of us. Everyone. And when we strive, when we hunger, when we long, when we thirst 
for things to be right for all people, Jesus says, you're blessed. For God, God is on your side. And those people that face oppression and pain and loss and sorrow, they still have that longing. They still have that thirst, that hunger. Jesus says, God is on your side. Have you ever thirsted for something in your life? I told this story, you know, it's not in my notes, but I started thinking of a deep thirst. One time I played, one night I played a game of pick-me-up basketball. It's been several years ago. And I didn't drink a lot of water that day. By the time I got home that night, I have to tell you, I was dying of thirst. And I went downstairs into the basement, and we had this little refrigerator back there. And everything in that refrigerator was like extra cold. And I reached in and I opened it to see if there was anything in there, and there was one Miller High Life. And I was like, oh. And it was ice cold. And I cracked that, and because my, my throat was dry, my body was drenched. I mean, it had nothing left. It was dry, and I drank that Miller High Life. It's the best beer I've ever had in my life. Right? I was thirsty. Likewise, when we're thirsty like that for the things of God, for love and peace and justice and right relationships, when we're thirsty in our souls for God, when we mourn and our tears are all dried up and left us dry, Jesus says, you're blessed. God is on your side. That's love. That's love. That's grace. That's God. And this is the gospel. Jesus claims when you thirst like that, when you mourn like that, when you're at the end of yourself, that you are the lucky one. You are the lucky ones. The people who care profoundly. The people who yearn, mourn, hunger, thirst, suffer, speak for justice. That love like that, Jesus calls these people the most fortunate people on earth. For they are the ones whose lives are aligned with the heart and the character of God. It is there, Jesus says, that God is on your side. Isn't that amazing? Jesus says, these are the ones. These are the ones that will encounter heaven. These are the ones that will experience comfort. These are the ones that will inherit the earth, that will be filled, that will receive mercy, that will see God, that will be called children of God. It's crazy, isn't it? I just want it to be normal. I just want to be happy. And Jesus says, if you're suffering from COVID-19, if life has you down, if you've experienced loss in your grieving, in your mourning, if you're mourning over a moral failure or a relapse in your life of some sort, this is where God meets you. For God is on your side. And when God is on our side, we are blessed. 
And perhaps this is why this lectionary so wisely gives us Jesus' Sermon on the Mount on All Saints Day. Because we remember all of those who have gone before us. We honor all of those who have gone before us. But not only that, we draw comfort and resilience and hope from the fact that countless others have mourned, have hungered, have thirsted, have grieved in years past because they hunger and thirst for the things of God. And gone from their struggles, they've entered into that land of light and joy, into the fullness of life in God's presence now. So as we look around, those pews hold their prayers in the fiber of the wood itself. These saints of God we celebrate and honor because they are still with us. And here's the deal. We are now the saints of God also, right? And eventually our lives will return to normal. We're going to develop a vaccine. It'll be here by election day. I'm just kidding. We'll develop a vaccine. We'll distribute it, right? Right, people? I mean, we'll put our face masks in a box and one day we'll pull it out and go, oh my gosh, remember COVID-19, right? We'll venture out of our homes and return to normal. We will heal. But even when that time comes, the challenge, if you will, or the invitation or the beauty and wisdom of Jesus' Beatitudes will remain. Will God's normal be our normal? Will we align ourselves and our priorities with God's heart? Will we long for what matters to God? Will we be desperate for God? If so, our collect says it today the best. We will experience ineffable joy. And when's the last time you used ineffable in a sentence? Right? That means joy too great or extreme to be expressed or described in words. You are the saints of God. And as we live into that truth and that reality of this wisdom and the grace in these Beatitudes, just know this, that God will be on our side, that God is on our side, and it's then, Jesus says, that we'll be happy and we will be truly blessed. Happy All Saints Day. Amen.